freedom. Subjugation is liberation. Contradiction is truth. Those are the facts of this world. And you will all surrender to them. You pigs in human clothing! Wandering around the wet Blue Ridge Mountains today in the rain, looking for drops of some sort of news coming from the mainstream media and coming up dry. This is Dean Ledwig. And with me, as always, this is Scott Dunlop looking for rain. It's dry as hell out here in Lukenbach, Texas, and I'm just hiding out in the bunker trying to stay cool. Isn't it always dry there? Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) It's that whole desert thing. Yeah, it could be something to do with that or just being as close to hell as you could possibly get without catching on fire. Okay. Or is that, or is it, is it climate change? It could be changing at any time. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. When big orange ball in sky goes, uh, under, you know, the flat earth, Uh uh, then, uh, it starts to cool down a little bit. So climate does change on the other side of the ice wall on the other side of the ice wall. Yeah. All right. So, uh, we got some wheels to spin. Here we go. All right. Since uh, old white guys are out this week, <laughs> I'm going to be a deep fake transgender applicant. Oh, there you go. I am a non-counted COVID statistic. Sweet. <laughs> I don't want the government knowing that I had COVID, um, but I'll let you guys know. I'll put it out over the airwaves. Uh, yeah, I did. And, and you know what? It was a thing. It's over with. I'm fine. Yeah. Well, you know, if you want abortions, you could just take the mRNA vaccine. Oh, (laughs) damn. There we go. Just saying. Uh, Zombie apocalypse. apocalypse. Easy for you to say. Yeah. And we'll start off with the news. Okay, Uh, Rhode Island Senator twerks for campaign video. Oh, yeah, I saw a little (laughs) bit of that. Um, I saw a little bit of that and had to turn it off. Okay. Uh, Gay Rhode Island Senator twerks for campaign video. Yeah, yeah, she, uh, yeah. What are we doing here? I, I don't know, and she said... I saw her on an interview and uh, she told the interviewer, you just don't get it. This is our generation. This is how we do things. Uh, She's like standing on her head and butt cheek clapping. Yeah. Um, Twerks for TikTok. Mm -hmm. Tierra Mac posts a twerking video. Uh, 28 years old. Yeah. And and then she says, um, but I didn't do it as like a campaign video. But right after she gets done doing her twerking thing, she jumps up and says, vote for me for Senate. 
And she's like, that ass, that ass, that ass, vote Senator Mac. <laughs> okay, well, Rhode Island Senator is getting ridiculed for posting a campaign video of twerking upside down in a barely there bikini. Why? I wonder why she's getting ridiculed. Huh. Democrat. Of really? Course. No. Tierra Mac, 28, used her official district TikTok page Ooh. on the 4th of July to post a saucy clip for her shaking her booty saucy while in a headstand on the beach. It was, hmm. <laughs> it was something. I don't know. It was, it was something. That ass, that ass, that ass. Someone could be heard saying admiringly before Mac. I don't know if it's admiringly because I don't know if they're talking about her actual ass or that she is an ass. Or they're just going, ah, that ass, that ass, that ass. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, wearing a skimpy yellow bikini, turns to the camera and begs, vote for Senator Mac. Uh, these are your choices, folks. Mm, no. <laughs> just no. I mean, I understand trying to appeal to the younger generation, but if I want people making decisions for me as a representative, yeah, uh, I don't want that. No, God, because no. that's some bad decision making. Yes, that's some bad decision making, and you know, your frontal cortex takes to about twenty five to fully develop. Mm -hmm. Well, she's twenty eight, so I can't blame it on youth. Nope. Um, just on, you know, it's, it's almost poor choices, poor choices. Uh, <laughs> it's almost like the shock jock type mentality mm -hmm. is what these politicians are trying to use these days. Well, I mean, to be honest, it's the next evolution of AOC dancing on the, uh, on the rooftop. You know, this is just see, and that's what, this younger generation seems to uh, be drawn to is the TikTok generation, the shocking, the absurdly funny, the absurd, actually just absurd. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's what they're drawn to, or at least that's what we're told. And that's what, you know, we're kind of seeing granted most of the social media stuff, most of the stuff that we're talking about exactly is a small portion uh, of the actual population. Well, and that's actually what I was kind of going for is this, this, it's this social media mentality. Yeah. Is that I need to get as many eyes on me as possible, whether mm -hmm. that be positive or negative. Doesn't matter. I need to get as much eyes on me as possible. And so, you know, I, it just, if, if an independent or a Republican were to do this, they would be kicked off. Oh Yeah. They'd be saying, that's disgusting. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, eh, I don't get it. <laughs> but see now if, if anybody talks bad about it, then they're body shaming their body, even if they're not, they're body shaming and she's, you know, she's black queer Yeah, by her words. That's yes. how she identifies Absolutely. as black queer. Yes, I'm not she saying is. that. That's how she identifies herself. Mm-hmm. And so then it's racist and homophobic. Oh. So, you know, it's, it's black queer woman. It's uh -oh. the trifecta. 
That's how she describes herself. That yes. is not me describing her. That's how she describes yeah, herself. Exactly. Black queer woman. Mm-hmm. And I don't care about any of that. No. That's that's irrelevant to me. But that puts her in a protected class to where she cannot be criticized. But when it comes to being a representative, whether it's a, a congresswoman or a senator or or whatever, you're representing a certain uh, constituency. And in doing so, you should be voted in based on how uh, that constituency thinks you will vote on certain issues. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's 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 the whole idea between, you know, representation. Yeah. If you're going to represent me, uh, black queer woman doesn't represent me. No, but I mean, if and twerking be, doesn't represent me because no. I, well, I got a small butt. Yeah, so. me too. Um, I mean, I try to twerk. It just, it just, it's not pretty. It's It's just not, it's not pretty. It's not TikTok worthy. And, and next it's going to be the frogs. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? Turn the freaking frogs gay. I just, I got to find a way to work that in every episode. (laughs) Of course, of course. But can the frogs twerk? Can the frogs twerk? Well, I know their butts are watertight. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All righty on that. Um, Oh, do you know MIT has finally uh, discovered a way to reverse, fully reverse climate change? Kill all humans? Uh, Have you ever seen, uh, which one was it? It was one of the Highlander movies. I don't know. How many are there? 18. Oh yeah. 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 Where, where they, you had that creates la- like a laser bubble. dome. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of, that's what, when, when I read this article, that's, that's what came to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, scientists at MIT think they have finally found a way to reverse climate change or at least help it some. Yeah. Uh, the idea revolves heavily around the creation and deployment of several thin film like silicon bubbles. These space bubbles, as they refer to them, would be joined together like a raft. Mm. Once expanded in space, it would be around the same size as Brazil. But are they going? Are they going to put the uh, label on there that it may pose a choking hazard? Yeah, this is not a toy. <laughs> uh, bubbles would provide an extra buffer against harmful solar radiation that comes from the sun. Essentially, what they're going to do is is try to block the holes in the ozone layer. Mm-hmm. That they think are there. Mm-hmm. Um, am I the only person that sees this as being potentially? Oh hell no! This is, could be really, really bad. This seems stupid. It <laughs> really does. Uh, not to mention, what if it does go wrong? You know, what if it actually creates a greenhouse effect? What if it falls on the city and everybody suffocates? Oh, <gasps> what if it falls on the entire country of Brazil? Uh, well, well, okay. Let's let's go with a more important one. Uh, <laughs> well, not Canada. Uh, yeah. Oh, the Ukraine. It might fall on the Ukraine. Uh, it might fall on the Ukraine. Yeah, a country six thousand miles away that I'm still not sure what we're sending them billions of dollars for. But anyway, Be- I digress. Because they're they're one of the most corrupt countries in the world. I know how. You so can, hey, there. I do have an idea on how to stop most of the CO two. Yeah. Yeah. Just put tape over Camilla's mouth. That would solve a lot of issues. Although we haven't been hearing much out of her. 
No, uh, I think they're trying to keep her quiet for the midterms <laughs> so she doesn't yeah. screw up anybody else's <laughs> chances. Yeah. Would you just shut up for a little please, while? Please, please shut up. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, MIT has come with it again and um, not well. Yeah. You know, this is a, there's some really smart folks at MIT. Don't get me wrong. There are. But common sense just isn't uh, one of their strong suits. Well, hey, not every idea is a good idea. No, no, and not well. Not every idea should be published. Exactly. But then again, you know that's what that's what gives us fodder. Oh, that's true. Well, former Japanese minister Shinzo Abe dies at sixty-seven after assassination. Yes. Oh. Dies at 60. <laughs> did you really just say dies at 67? I did. This is ABC News. <laughs> Drop dead. Didn't know what Biden dies said. Dies at dead? 67 after assassination. After assassination. Dies at 67 after assassination. Wow. That is just some really, really poor English. Yeah, that must have been voice dictation or something, but uh, I don't know. As Seoul, South Korea, former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe was assassinated during campaign speech on Friday. He was 67. Mm -hmm. Abe was in the city of Nara in western Japan giving a speech to support his party's candidates in the upcoming upper house elections when he suddenly was gunned down. After he was airlifted to a hospital, he was later pronounced dead. According to the hospital official. Oh, so he died after the assassination. Yes, he died after the assassination. By a homemade shotgun. By a They say gun down, but yeah, somebody created a homemade shotgun and took him out. Yeah, I mean, here, here we go again with, I don't know, <sighs> improvised weapons. Mm -hmm. If you want to get it done, you can get it done. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, going and buying a gun is one thing, but you can mow people down with cars. You can poison people. Uh, there's mm -hmm. all sorts oh, yeah. of things that you can do if you want to get rid of somebody. If you want to do it in mass, yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of ways you could do that. Oh, yeah, Fertilizer absolutely. bombs, all kinds of stuff. Uh, not that I'm condoning no, any of that. no. But my point is, is if, if you want to do somebody harm, you can, uh, a lot, you know, I've, I've looked into it and I think I'd rather be shot than stabbed. Yeah, absolutely. Because the stabbing is a pretty brutal thing. Somebody sneaks up on you and jabs you five or six times, man. That's a lot of holes. A and lot you're of more areas. likely to die from stabbing than you are from shooting. That's true. Uh, so, you know, this, I don't know, and maybe you do, what the motivation of this was. I I don't know. Um, everything I've read so far, nobody's really put out anything mm -hmm. on what the motivation was. Uh, I have heard it's politically motivated. Yeah. But um, he was a well-liked prime minister. Hmm. Uh, so I don't know what, uh, but then again, you know, well-liked does not mean everybody likes you. Well, despite no longer being Japan's premier, Abe remained influential on national security and economic policies. It was the 
central figure within the ruling liberal Democratic Party. He was the longest serving prime minister in Japan's history. Mm -hmm. No, this is weird (laughs) reading this. Known to be a hardline conservative within his conservative political party, liberal Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, liberal and Democrat and conservative, and these terms mean something completely different in other countries. Oh, so it's like, you know, when you go below the equator, summer's winter? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of the countries look at liberal as, you know, we look at classic liberal, mm. which... You know, some uh, people who actually are for freedom and liberty because liberal, the root word of liberal is liberty. You know, they stood for liberty and freedom and like the ACLU. There was a time I was all for the ACLU because they didn't care who you were. They defended your right to your civil liberties. No matter, you know, they, they took on the the Nazi American Nazi party as a client. Right. You know, which of course I absolutely denounce everything they say, but I like the fact that they stood on their principle and it wasn't just to promote an ideology. Mm. And that's what liberals used to be. And lower taxes. The whole low lowering of taxes thing was John F. Kennedy's idea. Yeah. <sighs> well, <laughs> uh, during his tenure, he pursued aggressive economic policies, dubbed Abenomics, to bolster Japanese economic growth, which had become stagnant after two de- decades of su- sustained success. Well, two oh, decades yeah. of sustained success it's is pretty not good. that bad. No. His so-called three-arrow strategy was categorized by monetary easing from the Bank of Japan, government spending, and economic structural reforms. While his policy reforms reduced real interest rates and generated inflationary expectations in the market, there were ongoing debates in Japan as to whether Abenomics ultimately effective overall. So I don't, it sounds like two decades. Uh, that sounds like it was pretty effective. Two decades of prosperity. And then, well, see, and this is what happens uh, a lot mm-hmm. is, you know, they get two decades of prosperity and then things come crashing down because, you know, they're relying on the same methods and they haven't updated anything. Well, and there has to be a correction. Right. Absolutely. And so... Everybody then blames the guy who brought about all this prosperity mm-hmm. and somebody gets pissed off and builds a homemade shotgun. Yeah. yeah. That's how it works, man. That's yeah, the spoiled, spoiled brat syndrome. Yeah. Uh, oh, that, yeah. That's, that's exactly how I view America right now is a spoiled brat syndrome. It's their participation trophy generation. I've been here a week. I deserve a raise and a promotion. <laughs> I'm going to quit because I don't feel like I'm making a difference. Well, I've been here for two months. Let's put the kicker in here because it is ABC News Disney. It It is. Abe was the first foreign leader to meet with former U.S. President Donald Trump after Trump was elected in 2016. Trump called Abe the greatest prime minister in Japan's history. 
The two leaders held a total of 14 official meetings. They were also to known have to be sorry to have been known as golf buddies playing together five times during Abe's second term as prime minister. Well, so, that's worth the homemade shotgun. So they gotta they gotta throw a little shade on him. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. That's ABC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Always love how they how they like to do that. So anyway, what do you got? Well, um, new uh, Virginia Governor Yunkin uh, orders uh, Virginia employees back to uh, work in the office. He said, "Okay, you guys have telecommuted for long enough." State employees, you need to come back to the office. And immediately, 300 people resign. You know, this is this whole, I don't want to work unless it's under my terms thing. Mm-hmm. What the hell is wrong with people? All these people that are quitting jobs and stuff, how do you pay rent? How do you pay a mortgage? You how do you pay in, your utilities? You back in with mom and dad. Good God. <clears throat> or you never moved me. out from mom and well, dad. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> Failure to launch. Uh, right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 crazy that uh, people would just do that. You know, is, is it, are they really afraid to go back to work? Or is it because they're looking at the opportunity? You know what? I'm going to sit at home. Yeah. Well, uh, tip to mom and dads out there who can't get rid of their kids. Uh, make a, in a clothing optional home. Okay. And then uh, uh, mom and dad walk around without clothes while making dinner. Uh-huh. And do it for a little while. You'll get them kids out. Well, there was uh, <laughs> a few years ago, there was a, a couple that had to file suit to evict their son. Oh, yeah. Who was in his late 30s, had never moved out. Winning. Didn't have a job. Yeah, he was he was great, great guy. And look out, they, ladies. They he's single. Had, <laughs> Big surprise. Really? Really? Yeah, he's a catch. Um, yeah, it's just odd to me that they had to actually take him to court and sue to have him evicted. And he almost they almost didn't win. The judge, uh, yeah, the judge went back and forth on it. Um, I think it actually went to an appeal. Yeah. Huh. I, I don't get it. Yeah. Society is just crazy. We are in the upside down. That clown world, man. It is. All right. Well, I know this is going to come to a big surprise to everybody, but the U.S. is headed for another recession. No. Seriously? Well, <laughs> look, to, to people out there, I don't know why this surprises everybody. Uh, I used to be on about a 10-year cycle. Mm-hmm. 10 to 12 years. Mm-hmm. So we had, you know, 1987 was a big year for a recession. Mm-hmm. Then uh, 93 was also. Mm-hmm. There was a recession in 93. And uh, I think in 97 again. Yeah, that was just a blip. And then uh, uh, 2000. 2008. Definitely. 2008. Uh, so we've been a while mm-hmm. without a major one. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it's about time. 
Okay, now I'm going to depart from the purists here, and I'm going to say that it has very little to do with who's in office. Recession. Well, no, it really doesn't have a whole lot to do with who's in office here. Mm-hmm. Only who's in office in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. So uh, the COVID recession of early 2020 was the shortest U.S. Re- recession on record. I don't see that, but okay. okay. Uh, the question is how long the post-COVID economic rebound can last. Now, this is from Forbes. Mm-hmm. Okay, not a liberal mag. Not really. And whether we might be They're heading, Definitely not conservative either. Yes, and whether we might be heading for another recession. Well, the answer is yes, we are heading for yeah, another recession. Absolutely. Bubble's going to pop. Yeah, but the White House says, no, no, it's not going to happen. We're, we're going to get to that. Okay, okay. sorry. <laughs> Jumping ahead. The Federal Reserve, which is our buddy, uh-huh. which is backed by BlackRock. Nothing. No, it's backed by BlackRock. Okay. Uh, you want to know who's, uh, who's insuring our bonds? And uh, it would be BlackRock. Yeah. Who's buying all the real estate? That would Black be Rock. BlackRock. Mm-hmm. Who's driving up the cost of living and home expenses, mm-hmm. rent, housing, mm-hmm. BlackRock. The Federal Reserve recently raised interest rates for the first time since 2018 to the range of 0.25% to 0.50%. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> And suggested that the federal funds rates could climb to 2.5 or higher by the end of 2022. I'm going to say higher. I would think so. As a forecast released for the rate decision, Fed economists lowered their economic growth projections for the year. Okay, this is already starting to happen. You see people pull it back. You see the job market starting to pull back. You're seeing that... Um, Home buying is starting to pull back. And yes, that is not just consumer confidence. That's mm-hmm. the raise in rates and the ridiculous doubling of home prices in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Yeah. Which is the same thing that happened in 2008. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is a correction. It's not a recession. It's a correction. Right. It has to do this. And unless you are retiring within the next two years, um, long-term, it's not a big deal. Now, short-term it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) look, man, my gas card stops at $125. (laughs) Stops. Right. I have a hundred gallon tank on my hybrid Mm -hmm. that uses both diesel and oxygen of course and that is not a quarter of a tank for 125 dollars wow now (laughs) diesel's more expensive why i have no effing idea diesel used to be thrown away it's a lower grade fuel yeah doesn't take as much to process supply and demand and it's a dollar more than regular gasoline Mm mm-hmm yeah, uh, who are they trying to punish here? No, uh, I would say transportation. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, for not getting the jab and not making that successful, 
but I digress. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, <laughs> we are headed for a recession and it's going to happen and there's going to be some tougher times. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't have to be, but they're, they're going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And nobody said that you couldn't be uncomfortable. Now, hard times breed strong men. Mm-hmm. Soft times bring soft, breed soft men. Mm-hmm. So it's time to toughen up, Buttercup, and get real. <laughs> Quit crying. Uh, nut up. Have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people are going to lose it out here. Suicide rates are going to go up. Uh, it happened in 84 when, when we were sold out to the Saudis. Mm-hmm. Well, actually it happened before then, but I mean, we were really sold out to the, yeah. they stopped domestic drilling abruptly in 83, 84. Right. It stopped. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people committed suicide that were in the oil industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People going out in their front yards and blowing their heads off of shotguns. Thing is is you can always recover. You mm-hmm. can always recover. You can retrain. You can get another job. That's that's just the way things are. So to all the tough folks out there that listen to our podcast, you're, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Things aren't going to work out like you want to, but rarely do they anyway. But they'll, <laughs> but they'll work out. They'll work out. Probably better than you would have imagined. So, um, yeah, things are going to get more expensive. Uh, inflation is going through the roof and it's not Putin. It is not Putin. No, (laughs) I'll say it again. It is not Putin. No. Which brings me to the New York post. This 4th of July, as you fill up your car or truck, you might be tempted to blame president Joe Biden for high gasoline prices. You shouldn't say some experts. It's Russian president Vladimir Putin's fault. They say. The U.S. had to cut off Russian oil imports to punish Putin for invading Ukraine. No, this was happening before Putin. Yes, we were. We were. uh, Yeah, this has been going on for quite some time. Uh, Not to mention the fact that, you know, just think about it. Last October, we were draining oil from the strategic production petroleum reserve. Yeah, that was three days worth of gas. Yeah. That was, um, and they were talking about this stuff in October and November, many, many, many months before Putin did anything. Well, let's go back to that statement. It's Russian President Vladimir Putin's fault. That was bullshit. <laughs> yep. And, you know, the reason why I say that is, is uh, you know, shutting down pipelines, stopping us from... I don't know, drilling our own oil. Biden sold us out to Putin. Mm -hmm. He shut down. We were energy independent under Trump. Yes. Okay. Regardless of what you think of Trump, we were energy independent. Yes. And regardless of what you think of Trump, Trump didn't start any new wars. No. (laughs) None. Think about that one for a second. None at all. So anyway, um, it's the Biden administration is it's not our fault with everything. Yeah, it's like, dude, course. you're in power. Yeah. 
you're in power. Yeah, the Biden administration is a lot like uh, Alec Baldwin in the I didn't pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah, it's what I say, not what I did. Exactly. <laughs> in truth, there are many things that Biden could have done and still can do to lower energy prices. He could invoke the National Defense Act to accelerate the rate of oil and gas permits. He could set the floor of $80 a barrel for refueling the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which could be a powerful incentive for the industry because it would prevent prices from falling to unprofitable levels. Biden could announce trade agreements with American allies to supply them with liquefied natural gas, which would incentivize more natural gas production and lower prices. So, you know, <laughs> the, the, the place where he stepped on his dick <laughs> is the whole, we're going all electric. Yeah. That's where he stepped on his dick. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just the ignorance mm -hmm. of how this country works. Yeah. Here again, we go back to transportation, man. You shut down transportation, everything stops. Food stops. Yes. Uh, Everything not, yeah, stops. We're, we're not talking about, oh, you don't get your TV or your Xbox. We're no. talking about food, the thing yes. you need to survive. Yes. Now, some, some of these people who still live at home at 40 may need their Xbox to survive, but... And their hot pockets. And their hot pockets and their juice boxes. Yes. But uh, you really need food. Yeah. That's kind of important. Toilet paper, not so much. Buy yourself a bidet. And <laughs> yeah. you save a lot of money yeah. in the process. But uh, <laughs> that's what I did during the during the uh, great toilet paper shortage of 2020. <laughs> I bought a bidet, and guess what? It works just fine. Uh, <laughs> so you know uh, they stopped all the leases mm -hmm. where you couldn't where you couldn't drill in domestically. Mm -hmm. uh, where is this not cutting off our nose to spite our face? I don't know. Um, it's, it's making decisions for the sake of making decisions. They're really bad decisions, but he's doing it anyway. And I think it's a lot of it comes down to, well, he said it in a press conference not long ago. I'm the president and I'm the only president you got. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Well. And he's being he's being led by a bunch of people who don't have any clue what they're what they're doing. Yeah, his cabinet seems to be a little inept. This I don't I I mean I don't understand some of the thinking or lack thereof that goes into some of these decisions. You know, there is no way we could have an all electric vehicle um, country. In even 20 years, there's yeah. no way it cannot be done. It's not that I'm saying people won't buy them. It's not that I'm saying that the cars can't be made. They can't be supported. Well, it's not sustainable either no. because we we've gone through this multiple times is that after 10 years, those batteries are toast. Yeah. They, I own lithium. Well, batteries not just that, but there's no way to, we don't have the infrastructure to be able to support um, uh, you know, charging them. Mm -hmm. Look at cities. 
you know, New York City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, the big cities, especially Mm -hmm. where they don't have, you know, people don't have garages. Yeah. You know, they got parked uh, on the street. Yeah. They park on the street. How are they charging overnight? You know, you live in an apartment building. Solar, bro. But solar doesn't work in the shadow of big buildings. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying each car has to be plugged in overnight. No, I'm just going with that. I know. (laughs) I know. But no, it's a lot of things that haven't been thought of. And even if there was a way to charge all those cars every single night, even if there was a way, the grid won't support it. Well, why did this happen? Because Biden has declared war on fossil fuels. Yes. Quote, I guarantee you we are going to end fossil fuel. Biden promised a student climate activist in 2019. Quote, I am not going to cooperate with them, he said, referring to the oil and gas companies. Now, here's my theory. Two-part theory. Okay. We got two sides to this. Mm Mm-hmm. Oil and gas probably had a lot to do with Donald Trump. Okay. And so now it's time for Biden to punish the Uh, oil and gas industry. Right. And since most of the libs are involved with renewable energy, Mm -hmm. uh, that he's rewarding those folks by screwing us. Yeah. I can see that. And also to get the oil and gas companies compliant, to get them in line. And that's what the government does is they punish somebody to yeah. get them in line. Yeah. To get them compliant, mm-hmm. to get them to get jabs. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to get them to follow orders. And on that, remember when the when the libtards were out there protesting big pharma? Yeah. I mean, it's oh, yeah. big oil, big gas, yep. big pharma. Yep. Uh, and now they are all in bed. Yes. Please, 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 please trust the science. Trust the yeah. science. Trust the science. I don't know anything about the science, but trust it. Three years ago, protests were going on all over the place about non-GMO. Yeah. Uh, you don't see any of those anymore. Nope. Now because it, the vaccine is a GMO. Yes. It's a genetic modifier. Yes, it's a genetically no, it's a genetically modified organism. Yeah. It is a GMO. Yeah, so I'm still non-GMO. So am I. Oh, by the way, you you had the Rona, didn't you? I had the Rona. I got the COVIDs. And you didn't die? I don't think so. Over 50? I'm over 50, overweight, and I didn't die. And you smoke. And I smoke. Yes. You should be dead, man. I should. I might be. How can you explain this? I don't know. I'm Fauci gonna, said you were going to die. Yes. And I, I, I think I, you know what? I think I did die. Did you? I think so. Twice. Yeah. At least. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Cause there's no other explanation. Died with COVID. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, anyway, the recession is coming, coming back mm-hmm. around. The recession mm-hmm. is coming. There's going to be some, challenging times Mm -hmm. but i welcome the challenging times yeah because that's the time for strong people to shine and weak people Mm -hmm. to fold fold like a card table Mm -hmm. so you know 
And maybe it'll make some of these weak people strong when they get to the other side of it. And they won't be crying in the streets. Mm-hmm. But there will be a great deal of crying in the streets. Yes, there will. Well, there always is. And they'll have to blame somebody. Yeah. Because Trump. they can't take any personal responsibility Trump. for any of it. Yeah. For Putin. Mm-hmm. One or the other. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. A trip down the stairs must have been Putin. Putin, Putin, Putin. <laughs> <laughs> Russia, Putin Russia, Russia, Russia. Putin price hike. Mm-hmm. What you got? Uh, well, you know, uh, we we're talking about the the oil prices and, and, and recession and all that. And mm-hmm. and I did bring up that the uh, strategic petroleum reserve had been, you know, that we've been putting out. Um, I think it's uh, roughly a, a million barrels a day have been drained since uh, uh, October. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much an unprecedented pace. And now uh, we're exporting it to Europe and Asia. And um, we're exporting our strategic petroleum reserves to other countries. Awesome. While our gas and diesel prices are hitting record highs. Um, but the one that really, a friend of mine told me about this and so I decided to look it up. The one that really hit me is that, uh, we are also exporting it to China. Oh, awesome. Yeah. We're giving China gas, petroleum, crude oil. Does, does China not have their own supplies? Do are they not getting it from Russia? Well, you know, the the thing is, is Trump was so much of an alienist. Yeah. So much of a nationalist mm-hmm. that we have to kiss everybody else's ass and suffer. Why? Oh, I don't know, but <laughs> I'm just that's saying. What I'm saying. You, you said we have to kiss everybody's ass. I'm like, why? Well, that's that's what King Daddy uh, Biden says. Oh, well, See, he doesn't on, say well, that, this, but his actions are saying On that. this, he says nothing. Because even scarier than... Because nobody told him what to say. <laughs> but what does the teleprompter yeah. say? Uh, well, no, nothing. The White House will not comment on us selling its our, our emergency reserve to China. They will give no comment. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> now... You know, crude and fuel prices would probably be higher if um, we hadn't started to uh, take from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Um, But what they're doing really hasn't have isn't having the effect that uh, that they had planned. It's really not doing that much. Now, granted, it's helping some, and when the prices are this high. The fact that it's bringing it down maybe 10 cents, 20 mm-hmm. cents tops a gallon. Yeah. Um, is, you know, it's significant when the prices are this high. Every 10 cents really makes a difference. But it's not doing what they they had expected. The Biden administration, I, honestly, just doesn't know what the hell to do. Well. So, so now they're doing everything they can, even though most of it's wrong. They they see that they could control the masses through fear. Mm-hmm. And the way I kind of see it is they're putting constant pressure on people mm-hmm. to throw them off. You know, it's a it's an old tactic. Oh yeah. But 
eventually fear turns to rage. Yeah. And then they're going to have a problem. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, and then I got to go back to, is it incompetence that's doing driving this or is it corruption? Again, we're all in with the Ukraine. Yeah. The Ukraine is one of the most corrupt countries in the world. In the world. And we have uh, several politicians with family members who have businesses uh, based in the Ukraine. Really? Very corrupt businesses. Known corrupt businesses. Hmm. So, is all of this incompetence or is it corruption? I think it's kind of elaborately engineered. I'm thinking... Yeah. So we give them what forty four billion dollars. Uh, yeah, uh, that was like the count a month ago. Yeah, and, it's, it's a lot higher than that now. And we're hurting here. Yeah, yeah. And we're uh, giving them arms so we can get yep. the military industrial complex moving again. Right. Right, we're giving them a lot of our stockpiles of arms so that we can order new stuff, which is going to cost even more. Mm-hmm. Um, which also is going to take time to develop and and ship and all that, leaving us in a very vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. On top of it all, yep, yeah, oh yeah, we're we're in a weakened state. Not to mention the fact that our military, the morale, is significantly lower than it's probably ever been since or at least since uh vietnam yeah we got to get our resident staff service member back in here to kind of tell us about the overall morale and the overall readiness of our armed forces Mm -hmm. because i don't think it's that great no obviously it can't be Mm. so yeah there's that you know, lots of fun going on all over the place. Well, Washington Post personal finance columnist says Americans got to stop complaining about inflation. Of course, because that's going to make it go away. There's not a problem here, folks. Don't look behind the curtain. Yeah. There's a new poll out by Politico. <laughs> My uh, morning consultant that thinks it's quite revealing. It shows that 38% of Americans said they would rather see a recession than the inflation we are dealing with. Uh, Chris Jansing of MSNBC, a very credible news outlet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. PMSNBC. He says, I read that to mean more than a third of Americans are so pressed by what's having, what they're having to pay for gas, food and everyday items, rent that they'd rather see a recession. Is that where we're at right now? I'm thinking so. We need something to restabilize everything. Things are, is so out of whack. Uh, the fed just keeps printing more money. So we have too many dollars chasing too few goods. Mm-hmm. And that is the definition of inflation. Well, this columnist says you got to stop complaining when there's so many people who literally the inflation rate means they may have 
two meals instead of three. She added, there are Americans who did extremely well in the last two years in the market. Not us. No, (laughs) no. Wasn't me. You still have your job. And yeah, it's costing you more for gas. But guess what? You're still going to take that holiday the four, on the 4th of July. Um, I didn't take a holiday on the I 4th didn't of either. July. And I got a good job. Yeah. Um, I didn't take a holiday. Well, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was uh, recovering from COVID, COVID that, you know, that I, <laughs> I died, fr- died, died from. Yeah. Um, died from the coof. I did. Uh, so, yeah, that was my Independence Day. I died from the coof. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I did not take a vacation. Yeah, I mean, it's... uh, So, uh, short term, okay, yeah, suck it up, buttercup. Mm -hmm. We we gotta do this to get, and we gotta get through. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not saying I like it, but gotta do it. But this is an apologist for Biden. So in other words, she's just saying, uh, don't complain because somebody always has it worse. Well, she also interjects, calm down and back off. Oh. Calm down and back. Oh, you mean like like people are doing for the Supreme Court justices? Yeah, calm down, back off. Oh, uh, yeah. So this woman is totally out of touch uh, yeah. and delusional. Yeah. <coughs> well, the gas prices don't affect her. No, no. Probably food prices don't affect her. No, of course not. This stuff doesn't affect people that are really wealthy like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, people that are, they're just fine. You know, these, these places like New York city, mm -hmm. uh, Chicago, LA, just Mm -hmm. to name a few. Mm -hmm. When food starts, stops getting delivered there because transportation is not getting there. Mm -hmm. Uh, people are going to want, people's head on a stick yeah yeah i mean you know most places you have about three days worth of food yep in places like new york city i bet that drops down to probably two because mm. everything it's not new york city's an island everything's imported mm-hmm. um very little is made there matter of fact i don't think anything's really made there Things are assembled there. Yeah. Sandwiches. Yeah. Sandwiches, pizzas, things like that. Food is all assembled there, but all of the raw materials comes from elsewhere. Yeah. There's no farmland in the middle of New York City. No. Uh, You may have some backyard chickens. You may have some eggs. That's about (laughs) it. That's about it. Well, that brings me to another point. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. So this is an opinion piece. Okay. <laughs> Unlike the rest of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How close do you think we are to the apocalypse? Now, we're going to discuss this freeform. We have not discussed this at all. And, uh, you know, I'm a kind of an amateur apocalypse. Apocalyptist. Apocalypsto. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, apocalyptic, uh, and psychic and a mild prepper, mild, 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 
mild. Okay, we can go with that. Okay, and I'll tell you what I mean by mild. Okay. Um, I got enough food to probably get me by a month. Okay. If 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 possible. Mm-hmm. 28 days. Mm-hmm. And that's what I always figure for is uh, DHS says in 28 days, 70% of the population will be dead in a apocalyptic or a, let's just say EMP. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that. 20, mm-hmm. uh, 28 days, 70% of the people will be dead. Okay. What does okay. that look like? That looks like uh, people who need medications. They're gone. Nursing mm-hmm. home people, they're mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. People who live in cities, they're gone mm-hmm. because then it becomes a fight for resources. We're right. not going to kumbaya. No. That's not what happens. No. This kumbaya, let's pull together. Let's let's get it together. No, in the middle of cities. It's let's all work chaos. in the community garden. Yeah, it's going to be chaos. When, when a father's looking at his kid starving to death and he looks at you and you got a loaf of bread, you're dead, man. Yes. That's what's going to happen. Yes. So. Yeah, uh, 28 days. If you can get through 28 days, your chances of survival double mm-hmm. after 28 days. And every month after that, it doubles. So it's exponential. The length of time that you'll be able to survive. Okay. So having said that, you know, okay, what was it? I've talked about the food. I've got a get home bag. Mm-hmm. So if uh EMP or coronal mass ejection happens or somebody hacks the power grid and cuts off all the power mm-hmm. and I have no transportation, roads are impassable. I got to get home bag. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do I got in this get home bag? Um, a few items I'm not going to mention. I'm going to go ahead and say <laughs> that right now. You figure it out. Uh-huh. Um, I've got a machete mm-hmm. dual purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps me out when I'm, uh, you know, cut through the brush cause you don't want to walk on highways. You don't mm-hmm. want to walk on major traveled roads. You want right. to stay away from that. You want uh-huh. to get away from people. Yes. That's what you want to do. It's good for cutting meat. It's good for cutting brush. Good for cutting small logs. Zombies. Well, that too. Small logs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Zombies. <laughs> is that what we're calling them? Well, anyway, we'll go with that. we're going to go with that. The, the quote, undead quote zombies, <laughs> the, the undead, or at least not yet. You guys figure it out. Yep. Um, and, and then I've got, you know, fishing equipment, lights, batteries, um, emergency GPS. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people can't afford that compass because mm-hmm. that GPS and a coronal mass ejection may not be usable. Yeah. Uh, paper maps, a uh, throwaway tent, mm-hmm. and a throwaway sleeping bag. And it all fits in a backpack mm-hmm. I can carry on my back and an axe. Got a small axe. Okay. Uh, you know, the standard stuff, uh, uh, life straws so I can drink water. Mm-hmm. I can just stick it stream and suck the water out or I can just fill up fill up a, a bladder. I carry mm-hmm. bladders, foldable mm-hmm. bladders that then I can store water in, find a stream. And then you, you attach it to the bladder. And as, as you drink the water, it filters itself and you're good to go. Huh. So these okay. are, these are, these are some of the things that, that I have, you know, analgesics, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly ibuprofen in case I get a boo boo. <laughs> I got a boo boo kit. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not it's not gonna uh, it'll take care of anything short of a tourniquet. <laughs> so <laughs> if we're that far, I'm probably dead anyway. Right. Um, a change of clothes. Mm-hmm. And you know that's that's my get home bag. People say it's a bug out bag, but no, it's a get home bag. It rides with mm-hmm. me in my truck, mm-hmm. so I travel for work sometimes mm-hmm. and uh it's gonna it's gonna get me home now the purpose behind that is to get home yeah and to be at home wherever your home is if you're in a city that's probably not a good idea but mm-hmm. uh wherever your home is or if you have a mobile command center mm-hmm. that you can take with you uh so much the better so having said all that, I feel now there's never been a time closer to where I could be using these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now I wouldn't, I wouldn't say EMP or, or coronal mass ejection or, or anything like that, or, you know, a hacking of the grid. I don't think, I think it's going to be an internal um, apocalyptic event it'll be man-made, you know, it'll, it, it, it will be an uprising. Mm. I think, um, I think it'll be an uprising. Um, and I think it's going to be a cascading effect in that, you know, the initial uprising will cause a problem in a specific area, say, uh, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. right. Uprising. That's going to, you know, if that happens, that's going to stop a lot of transportation into New York and New Jersey and out, but mostly in. So it's going to, it's going to cascade to there such that they're not getting their goods and services they need like right. food and it's going to expand from there. And, and then eventually it's going to be big enough to where, uh, everybody's going to have to take notice. So you're going to, you're saying that transportation failing causes civil unrest. Yes. And then it kind of gets the, uh, uh, only the strong survive. Yes. Hmm. My thoughts on it are that we're going to get some kind of power attack and, and I mean, power like electricity. Mm -hmm. Our grid is ridiculously vulnerable. Yeah. China could probably shut us off if they wanted to. Mm Mm-hmm. You probably already have ways and means to do so. All we got to do is tick them off. Hence the petroleum reserves, ah. <laughs> you know, please don't attack us. Um, yeah. So once the electricity goes off, a lot of bad things happen. People have become so dependent upon electricity. Hey yeah. man, I'm one of them. I'm not, oh, yeah. I'm not saying that I'm not one of them. Uh, solar isn't going to last very long. And Hey guys, those people out there with generators, Mm -hmm. when the night's completely silent and you're the only one who has lights on, guess what? (laughs) You just became a target. Yes. So people are going to come and kill you for your resources too. Mm -hmm. uh, If you have neighbors. So, uh, and uh, that's not, (laughs) that's not going to work out like you might think it will. No. No, and these not are at all. these are things that hopefully we think about and never have to use. 
But once the power goes out, it's chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, then the fear sets in. When fear sets in, you know, everybody goes out of their mind. Yeah, the irrational thinking starts. Yes. And once people get hungry, I mean, what is it, seven meals away from murder? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, when people get hungry and their children are starving, priorities change quickly. Quickly. Yeah. Things a normal society wouldn't do before become optional. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you think you think we're in a me first society now. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait till it comes to uh it's it's either me or you that has to live. Yeah. And not to mention cannibalism too. <laughs> well, there's that. Though cannibalism will drive you insane. Mm-hmm. Um it'll make you it'll yeah, make you read about, stone tablets and <laughs> No, there's there's something about cannibalism that uh, actually affects the brain chemistry and and uh, creates uh, insanity. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not gonna get off on a prepper rant, but I'm Too saying late. that that you should probably prepare for mm-hmm. a collapse now. What I like to do is buy an extra can of beans every time I'm at the store. If I need a can of beans, one can of beans, I buy mm-hmm. two cans of beans. Mm-hmm. I just get a little stockpile, just a little yeah. of non-perishable stuff mm-hmm. uh, so that, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I eat it. <laughs> you know, that, that's the thing is, is I, and, and I like, uh, I like those grilling beans. I like uh-huh. those. And you know, little pineapple slices in a can. Mm-hmm. I know people don't like, yeah, I only eat fresh fruit. Well, you can only eat fresh fruit as long as it's around. Yeah. If there is no fresh fruit, guess what? You don't get to eat fresh fruit. Yeah. Yeah. You might need to have some vitamin C and some other things in your diet. Uh, to save off that scurvy. Scurvy. Yes. <laughs> need that vitamin C. Uh, so, you know, to our listeners out there, I'm not saying become like nutso preppers. And mm-hmm. man, there no. are some out there. I oh, would yeah. say I'm a I'm a casual hobbyist. Yes, I I, I know some. Yeah, yeah they're <laughs> oof, they're crazy. It's all going down, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's it's good to have some stuff in reserve to make sure. And and you know, it's it's good to think about you and your family. What are you gonna do if mm-hmm. you're so caught up in your in your career and then you run, you don't have any bandwidth for anything else. And then the unthinkable happens. What are you going to do, man? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? And, and I'm just speaking from the aspect of you don't have three days worth of food. Yeah. Transportation breaks down and there's no food getting delivered to the grocery stores and you go in there and all there is, all there is left, like the last time we had the grocery stores mm-hmm. uh, emptied, the only thing you got left is is the uh, almost meat. Yeah. <laughs> the vegan stuff. Yeah. Because nobody wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're hungry enough. Yeah. And that was the only thing left. So, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, in time-wise, how close do you think we are to... A collapse. Hmm. A lot closer than I thought. 
um, originally, you know, that I, that I used to think, I used to think it wouldn't happen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's a lot of factors at play, but anywhere from two to 10 years, I know that's a wide range, but there's a lot of things, a lot of factors at play that, um, depending on what happens and a lot of it's going to be the elections. Mm-hmm. Um, both the midterms and the next presidential election. I think that's going to be, um, you know, those things are going to be instrumental in the timeline for for some type of apocalyptic time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, look at look at the rest of the world right now. Uh, I'd rather not. You know, it, it's <laughs> it, a lot of it's collapsing. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to be right there with them soon. Well, I will say this. You're a pussy, Dean. I say 2035. <laughs> 2035. I don't think it'll take that long. I do. I think I think that we'll hold it together until 2035, until it can no longer be held together anymore. And this is why I say this, is we've been on a slow pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to... This is just how I see it, folks. If Mm -hmm. you think it's another way, that's fine. You do whatever you want to do. This is just my theory. It's for entertainment purposes only. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So we've been on this slow pressure cooker since about 2000. Mm -hmm. And it started with the big scare. For those who don't remember, there was this Y2K thing that we were thinking about. The whole world was going to end. Cars yes. were going to stop in the streets. Planes were going to fall out of the sky. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of pinpoint it to there. And the only reason I pinpoint it there, everybody's got different visions, mm-hmm. but because I was heavily involved in that and I got, that's the first time I really got scared and go, Oh, some real shit could go down here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the first time it ever occurred to me that this could possibly be a bad thing. Yeah. And uh, although I profited quite a bit out oh, of Y2K, yeah, I, but yeah. <laughs> I digress. Um, I too. That's when it started. I started to see that the the descent. Now I'm relatively a positive person. Mm-hmm. Uh, people at work would disagree with me like that because I'm always telling them the risks. Right. But I'm generally an upbeat, glass half full kind of guy. Mm-hmm. The next thing was 9-11 a year mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. And that started the terrorism thing. And mm-hmm. that got people scared. Mm-hmm. See where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. Then we had, uh, you know, the war in Afghanistan. Uh, weapons of mass destruction slowly boiling up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the constant threat of terror. Mm-hmm. Keeping you think about that, mm-hmm. keeping you thinking thinking about how you could die all mm-hmm. the time, taking your shoes off in planes, bombs, right? TSA, yeah. constantly accosting you mm-hmm. to to get anywhere. The the laws and and and. <laughs> that have come from that, the mass surveillance from the NSA, the various 
bombings, domestic, domestic terrorism, white supremacy, uh, BLM, Mm -hmm. just on and on and on. You're going to die from COVID. Mm -hmm. You're going to die from monkey box. (laughs) (laughs) Get vaxxed or else you're going to lose your job. If you don't get vaxxed, Mm -hmm. we got a recession. Uh, it's Putin's fault. Putin's going to start world war three. Mm-hmm. It's this constant pressure yeah, to keep you compliant. Well, we live in a constant state of fear porn. Yeah. We're the government. We're mm-hmm. the only ones who knows what's going on. We're going to take care of you. And we're here to help. We're the government. We're here to help. Mm-hmm. So I say that to say this doesn't matter who's in office. Doesn't matter for elections, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. This is my opinion. Because to me, for the most part, they're all aligned. Mm -hmm. They all want control over you. Yeah. Uh, Oh, let's not forget to mention Roe versus Wade, which got the other side totally out of whack. Right. Uh, There's that too. And I think they'll do this constant pressure till 2035 until it stops working. I just don't think it'll take till 2035. I think that's when it'll Unless something major changes between now and then. No, I'm thinking. uh, Well, they got to give us a little bit of hope because there's always. It's like the gas prices. They raise them 50%, drop them by 10%. Raise them 50%, drop them by 10%. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the fear porn Mm -hmm. is they get us scared for our lives and and then they come back with something hopeful. Okay. But it keeps going down. Right. Constantly. Mm-hmm. Quality of life keeps going down. Mm-hmm. They're getting us prepared. But at some point, we have to break. And I think 2035 is, is okay. that number. All right. Write it down. I wrote it down. <laughs> okay. I'm going with 2030. 2030? Probably before that, but I'm going with 2030. Well, 2030 is a great 20, reset. Yeah, the 2030 project, which and is I'm a great saying, reset. And I'm saying that it's going to be five years after that when people I can't know. realize that that's unsustainable. I think when when they try to enact the great reset, mm-hmm. that's going to be it. I think people will try to go along and get along because that's what they're preparing us for. They're preparing us for less. They're preparing mm-hmm. us for oh yeah for yeah, shortages. They're absolutely they're, they're you know we're the the uh, frog in the pot of boiling water. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? Twice. Yeah, I'm telling twice you, in one you podcast. are on a roll. I don't know if we've <laughs> ever done it twice in one podcast. <laughs> So, you know, we're the frog in, in the pot of boiling water yeah. And, yeah. and they're, they're just, they're just turning up the heat on us. They're turning up the fear porn and social, social media is not doing it for any nefarious reasons other than just for profit. Yeah, the, exactly. The algorithms are out of control. You know, this is not, this is not some, the, the thing about social media that I've always disagreed with is it's not some great cabal. It's all about yeah. cash. Yeah. It it is exactly what the liberals used to complain about all the time in these businesses that don't care about its consumers, only the bottom line. Yes, that's exactly what social media is. Well, now the the computers are making the the decisions for the algorithms. The algorithms are yeah. making the decisions on what gets the most eyes on. Yeah, yeah. 
And so, you know, that has very little to do with human intervention. I mean, they could turn down some of the dials on mm-hmm. it, some of the parameters. And that is a thing, folks. They can turn down some of the sensitivity on there. Yeah. But they're not going to. No. Because it's not profitable. Because we're in a world where we race from quarter to quarter for profits for shareholders. Mm-hmm. And that's when quality of a product really starts going down is yep. when you get shareholders involved. Yes. Then, you know, your, your customer is your shareholder, your shareholder. It's not the consumer any mm-hmm. longer. Yeah. I mean, like my 401k, do I give an F what's in my 401k? No, I don't care. I only care if it's making money. Yeah, exactly. That's all I care about. Yeah. Well, that's all the corporation cares about too, <laughs> yep. whether it's making money and if really it's not is. making money, it doesn't care. You know, this ESG thing. Yeah, these corporations don't really care about ESG. They, they care about their care profits. About, they only care about <laughs> it as much as it involves them making profits. Exactly. And they see that it could cut profits if they don't participate. Yes. So anyway. Well, that's all I got for that. Any other final thoughts on the uh, impending apocalypse? No, I'm just going to keep uh, keep an eye out, uh, uh, keep an eye out on that. And uh, we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, any more news? That's all I got on the news front. Well, we're moving on to tech. Hello, IT. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Well, here's a weird (laughs) story. Security warning That's after what we do. Yeah, security warning after sale of stolen Chinese data. Uh-oh. Yeah, in an advert on a criminal forum later removed, the user said that the data was stolen from Shanghai National Police. The hacker claims that the information includes name, addresses, national ID numbers, and mobile phone numbers. Cybersecurity experts have verified at least some of the small sample of the data offered is real. The, wait for it, Mm -hmm. 23 terabytes of data is thought to be one of the largest ever sold on record and being offered for $200,000. That's a good chunk of data. Until the post was removed on Friday. No Chinese officials have responded to the news and President Xi did not make a direct reference to the data sale. But according to the South China Morning Post, the president asked public bodies in China to defend information security, to protect personal information, privacy, and confidential corporate information, to ensure people feel secure when submitting data for public services. Okay. Okay. Ha! <laughs> uh, yeah, turnabout is fair play, right? Yeah, um, exactly. You know, one, 23 terabytes. Now, if you're not a techie, that's a lot of data. That's, that's a lot of data. That's a lot yes. of data. To par- even to parse through, that's a lot of yes. data. That's a big database. Really is. So, for example, if you're running an exchange server, 
and each mailbox has approximately 250 megs worth of storage mm-hmm. for 1800 accounts you're looking at under a terabyte mm-hmm. well okay. under half a terabyte okay. as a matter of fact um one terabyte okay we're talking about 23 terabytes okay say you have a one meg pdf document that's about reasonable size one page pdf mm-hmm. one meg one terabyte of those would be one billion documents Woo. and now we're talking 23 of those so 23 billion documents of that size that's, that's a, a lot of that's a lot of uh, information there's a lot of people man it's a lot of people, a lot of credit card information, a lot of sensitive information. Yeah, it's not good. And and I know what is China. <laughs> I know what people are thinking. People people are thinking, you know, it's a not in my backyard type of thing. Oh, these are only criminals. No. No. <laughs> no, you got to remember that they live in a police state. Yes. So Everybody is yes. in that database, yes. not just the criminals, everybody. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're only asking $200,000 for this. I know that's, that's weird to me. Yeah. Uh, somebody who doesn't know the value of what they have or doesn't, hasn't done this too many times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since it was taken down, I imagine it got bought pretty quickly. I'm sure. Oh, for two hundred grand? Yeah, I'm sure it did. Yeah, it might have got it might have got bought by uh by the Chinese government. By the Chinese government. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, gotta love it. Yeah, so it it not only happens here, folks. It happens everywhere, and, and that's the sad thing is we become so accustomed to our information, our PII, our personally identifiable information Mm -hmm. getting hacked Mm -hmm. that it's like, oh, that happened again. Yep. So it happened with me, with with the government Mm -hmm. as from the FBI government contractor breach. Yep. It happened with uh, a state breach Mm -hmm. when I lived in another state. And it happened with Equifax. I mean, it just goes on mm-hmm. and on and yeah. on. And yeah. those are three times my data has been breached personally. So, you know, <laughs> it's it's incredible how people just, uh, this is where we get into air-gapped and, and keeping your crown jewels in-house. But people mm-hmm. put it on online. They, yeah, they put it in the cloud. They put it online. They put it on their phone. Make it a big target. Yeah, the phone is but it's the on worst. My phone. It's, it's safe. It's on my phone. Don't, it's only on my phone. Don't put anything you wouldn't share with the rest of the world on your phone. No. Aunt Jennifer Lawrence with uh, uh, nude pictures. <laughs> anyway, um, don't put anything on your phone that you wouldn't share with the rest yeah. of the world. Why? Because you're sharing it with the rest of the yes. world. Yes. I just, I don't understand these people. Thank God we didn't have cell phones when we were kids. Oh my God. Dick pics. I mean, really? Your penis lives online forever. Oh no, no, no. We don't need, don't need any of that. Mm. But anyway, so that's my Chinese data hack for today. (laughs) Well, let's stick with China. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, The FBI and MI5 just came out and said something that you and I have talked about many times. um, And we've both been talking about this for years anyway. Mm -hmm. The Chinese government is set on stealing your technology. What? Yeah, that's what they said. I know. It's it's strange. Um, You know, it says uh, whatever it is that makes your industry tick. And they want to uh, the Chinese government and your Chinese partners uh, want to use it to undercut your business and dominate your market. So essentially. What? Yeah. This has been going on for decades. <laughs> this is a known quantity. Yes. This happens. But what's happening, it used to be just the, the manufacturing sector. Mm-hmm. Now it's more the technology sector because people are outsourcing a lot of their technology needs to China. And when you do that and you have a great idea China does not have to follow our intellectual property rules and laws. Right. They can take your data and your uh, IP, your intellectual property, and mass market it, undercut you, and drive you right out of business. And they do this all the time. So now they're actually um, saying, hey, watch out for this. This has been going on for decades. Yeah. Welcome to the party, U.S. government. Yeah. <laughs> and, and British government, MI5 and FBI. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they say maintaining a technological edge may do more to increase a company's value than would partnering with a Chinese company to sell it on that huge Chinese market, only to find the Chinese government and your partner stealing and copying your innovation. innovation. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, this is this is a huge threat to both Western businesses and our national welfare. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a national security threat because many of these companies also do business in the defense sector. Yes. So they're going to use a lot Broadcom. of the same technology. Yeah, they're going to use a lot of the same technologies in different uh, items that they produce. Well, when you're. When your chips have chips in them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just saying. Well, while we're on China. Yeah. Why not? Chinese threat actor employs fake removable devices and lures in cyber espionage campaign. Oh. Uh, word to the wise folks. If you find a USB drive on the ground, don't pick it up. don't pick it up don't put it in your computer (laughs) no uh in a report last week sentinel one said it was able to identify aegeon dragon activity going back to at least 2013 and continuing through today Mm -hmm. persistent threat anyone over that period the threat actor like other apt groups has been constantly refining and tweaking its tactics, techniques, and procedures. So, what is it doing? The USB shortcut file contains a specific path to execute an Evernote tray application and use DLL hijacking to load the malicious in-crash-rep DLL loader as explore exe 
Chen says, the advantages of using this removable device as an initial access vector is that the malicious files don't need to land on the victim's host machine. Ta-da! Okay. A victim can be enticed to download and launch the malware the attacker has gotten around the need to breach the external defenses. The victim did it for them. So you'll be putting this on there. And then, you know, it goes into DNS tunneling to evade detection. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, if you see a USB port, don't plug it into a computer. Just don't even touch it. Well, the initial stages of the Aoquin, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Dragon relied heavily on exploits targeting a couple of old Microsoft vulnerabilities. CVE 2012-0158 and CVE 2010-3333. There's those threes again. 3333, huh? To compromise targets. Later, the group began using various document lures to try to infect targeted systems. Lures include documents with political themes portraying pertaining, sorry, to the Asian Pacific region and contents of pornographic themes. Yeah, no malware has ever been involved with pornography. What? No. Individuals who fell for these wars were infected with a backdoor called called Mongol or sometimes modified version. Version of uh, Hakoda, a tool based on an open source proof concept for exfiltrating data from compromised systems via DNS tunneling. So, so the porn backdoor, porn backdoor, and uh, there are a few countries that had been hacked. I'm looking for those real, real quick where this is prevalent. Australia, Cambodia, Hong Kong, Singapore, and Vietnam. And they have included organizations such as government, telecommunications, and education. So, anyway, more good news (laughs) about China. Oh, yay. Well, that does it for our China section. What do you got? (laughs) Yeah, I'm done with China. I am done with China. I've been done with China for many, many years, but uh, I'm done with them for today anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let's move to Ireland. Ireland. Uh, Yes, Dublin, Ireland will be the company's first commercial test case for Microsoft's data center becoming a big battery for the grid. Awesome. Yeah, Microsoft. How could this go wrong? Oh, God. Microsoft is going to start saying its data center's are going to be essentially backup power to electric grids that are transitioning to renewable energy. Hold on. Uh, Big tech fact. Yes. Why does uh, Intel and Microsoft and all these other big tech companies go to Ireland in the first place? For the beer. They don't pay taxes. Uh, So when all these people are crying about big organizations that don't pay taxes, Mm -hmm. Look at big tech, folks. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Anyway, go ahead. I digress. <laughs> well, you know, the data centers already have huge lithium-ion batteries are on site uh, to keep, you know, everything running during a power outage. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that backup system could also shore up the grids in need of more batteries to store energy that is going to be produced by solar panels and wind farms. Because, as you know, solar panels and wind farms wax and wane on their energy production because sometimes the sun isn't out. Get the S out of here. Sometimes the The wind wind doesn't doesn't blow. blow. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there is that. Yeah, solar solar panels don't work real good at night or uh, on cloudy days. But And and I'm going to say it, you know, these wind farms are going to start losing the amount of wind because they're actually pulling it out of the atmosphere. Well, and people don't realize there is there, there's a standard law in physics: energy cannot be created or destroyed. So when wind goes through with these windmills, it's pulling the energy from it. So the wind on the backside of a windmill is much much lighter than what it is on the front side of the windmill. But without the windmills, all the windmills, how are we going to keep the disc turning for flat Earth? You know, I hadn't thought about it, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. You're right. So I'm, I'm screwed. I mean, you know, the ice wall can only keep out so much. Well, you sling to the sides as you spin. Oh, so the centrifugal force. force okay. Gotcha. You out to the yeah, side. Yeah. So we need to get more windmills. So we get pushed towards the ice wall for the, <laughs> for the global warming in the center. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway. Uh, but yeah, I mean, well, another, you know, so, so Microsoft status centers are going to be storing electricity. Well, Go ahead. Hold on. Go before ahead. you get too far away from uh-huh. windmills, windmills never reach their ROI. No, never. Not. No, they never do. A windmill will never pay for itself. Exactly. Let alone, you know, production outside of that. Go ahead. Uh, so yeah, Microsoft's building these data centers. Its first one to do this is in Dublin. And so what they're going to do is use their huge battery backups as energy for the grid because, again, the renewables will wax and wane in the amount of energy that they produce and the amount of energy they can send out. So So you're going to get an electric bill from Azure? Yes. (laughs) Microsoft will then be your electric carrier. Um, don't don't only outsource your computing power to the cloud, but also outsource your electricity to the cloud. Yes. So now, on that in that same vein, uh, we are allowing more access into the data centers. These super 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 secure data centers that do all the cloud computing. Mm-hmm. We're giving more access into it. How can that go wrong? More routes in for hackers to try to exploit. Um, I, I, I don't get it. You know, uh, Dr. Farmer Bill and his, his behemoth Microsoft are uh, trying to control everything. Well, then there's AWS too. So, Well, yeah, <laughs> there's that. Uh, between the two, you know, there's other cloud services out there, but not, none come anywhere near the size of AWS or Microsoft. No. Uh, AWS is much bigger than Microsoft even, but um, it won't be long before they start providing these same services, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're they're going to find new revenue streams and new ways to trap us in. 
it's all moved to subscription model anyway for everything. You'll never own anything digitally again. No. And that started back when they stopped putting games on CDs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You license it all. Uh-huh. You you license if you have Apple iTunes, you do not own the music that you purchased. No, you rent it. You're renting it. Yes. Uh-huh. <sighs> what is wrong with people? A lot. Klaus Schwab <laughs> taking the Apple model. You will own nothing and be happier. You'll be happier. Show me your papers. That's so much stuff to keep up with. Yes, that's it. All right. All right. Public service announcement from Uh-oh. the FBI. Deep fakes and stolen PII utilized to apply for remote work positions. What? I know. Surprising. Couldn't see this coming. Yeah. The FBI internet, and this is a unclassified press release from the FBI. From the FBI. Mm-hmm. Because they know all about cybersecurity. Of course they do. So they probably heard it from somebody else. <laughs> Let me preface that with. Do it. I work with the FBI. I have before. Yeah. I'm in a public private partnership mm-hmm. with the FBI called uh, Infraguard. Infraguard. Okay. In this organization, we're supposed to share information. Since I've been in this information, since I've been in this uh, group, mm-hmm. I have only shared information. I have not gotten any intel from the FBI, period. Okay, but would you trust any that you received from them? Well, regardless, I haven't gotten <laughs> anything from them. So, you know, nothing actionable. They said, well, watch out for hackers. It's like, well, no, duh. Thanks for the information. Uh, the FBI Internet Crime Complaint Center, the IC3. <laughs> <laughs> Crime Complaint Center. Oh, God. These are people complaining about Internet crime. Because they can't do anything about it. Three cubed. Anyway. Warns of an increase in complaints. Reported the use of deep fakes and stolen PII, personally personally identifiable information, to apply for a variety of remote work and work-at-home positions. Deep fakes include video and image or recording convincingly altering and manipulating to misrepresent someone as doing or saying something that is not actually done or said. No crap. (laughs) Uh, So you're saying, you're saying fake means not real. Yeah. Is that that what you're going for? Okay. The remote work or work from home positions identified in these reports include information technology, and computer programming, database, and software-related job functions. <laughs> Notably, some reported positions include access to customers' PII, financial data, corporate IT databases, and or proprietary information. Complaints report the use of voice spoofing or potential voice deep fakes during an online interview of the potential applicants. In these interviews, the actions and lip movement of the person 
seen interviewed on camera do not completely coordinate with the audio that the person is speaking. At times, actions such as coughing, sneezing, and other auditory actions are not aligned with what the per- what is presented visually. The IC3 complaints also depict the use of stolen PII to apply for some of these remote positions. Victims have reported the use of their identities and personal employment background checks discovered PII given by some of the applicants belong to another individual. Okay. So this uh, deep fake thing, uh, you know, video used to be irrefutable. Right. And now it's not. Not so much. Audio used to be irrefutable. Not so much. Not so much. So I don't know if you guys have on Instagram, there's a guy who, who does a deep fake of Obi-Wan Kenobi watching movies of himself. It's hilarious. It's hilarious, but dude, it looks just like him. It's almost indistinguishable voice and visual. Wow. It's crazy. And so, you know, we're only a little ways away from things like movies just being totally digital. So, um, if you watched, uh, the Mandalorians last season, they did a deep fake of Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Look like him. Well, it's, it's like, you know, I talked about it on our last podcast, the, uh, Alexa having the ability having the ability to sound like your dead relatives. Yeah. Stop, I mean, set, that's a, that's stop a, setting that bitch off. <laughs> that's a, that's a deep fake. Um, I mean, that's essentially a deep fake audio. Yeah. I mean, eventually you're not going to be able to tell what's real and what's not. No. That's great for movies. Yeah. Not so much for your PII. Ready player one. It's not great for your PII, man. Yeah. So anyway, and, and why are these jobs targeted? Because that's the most information. I, just imagine it this way. You can walk out with a, a million lines of a database in about 10 seconds. Not even 10 seconds. I mean, depending on the network speed, two seconds. You yeah. can transfer that to offline storage such as Dropbox, yeah. uh, OneDrive, mm-hmm. <laughs> Google Docs. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> right. If you did the same thing with paper, it would take a truckload. Yeah. I mean, this this is why they get in there and information is power. Mm-hmm. Information is money. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna sell this information somewhere. So that's yeah. why it says um IT databases, uh getting into IT departments as remote workers, uh, and and the the thing for offshore outsourcing. Uh <laughs> Cause they can get somebody yeah. for uh, 40 bucks a week. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, they're never going to bring that person in for a personal inter- no. interview. It's all going to be on zoom. Yeah. Yeah. It would cost more to fly that person in for an in-person interview than their annual salary. Mm-hmm. So anyway, for those out there and, and I hire for my department, for those out there, make sure you meet the person in yeah. person. Yes. And that all the documents line up. Look at their look at their driver's license, not a copy of their yeah. driver's license. Yes. <laughs> Good Lord. Please. Yes. 
please, for the safety of all of us, because if you hire this person, it might be the financial institution that I do business with. Mm -hmm. And that may be my information that gets out. Yeah. Not Absolutely. that it hasn't gotten out I, before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. All right. What do you got in the tech sector? Oh, let's see. Twitter. Twitter insists that uh, it has its bots handled. Hmm. Says that it blocks a million spammers every day. So uh, that's kind of in answer to Elon's allegations about misrepresenting how many bots are on Twitter, and which is his reason for being able to back out, or at least so he's, he and his lawyers say is the reason that he can back out of that $44 billion deal. Well, let me put, put a little background on put that. Put a little spin on that. From the insider, Elon Musk could face paying billions of dollars after walking away from the deal to buy Twitter. An expert has warned. Who's a fucking expert? I just uh, expert at what? Oh, I see. Oh, wait it's a on the next one. <laughs> ah. Scott Galloway of the New York University said Musk is unlikely to win the inevitable legal battle with Twitter after walking away from his forty-four billion dollar deal on Friday. He told the Pivot podcast that Musk must be forced to pay the difference between forty-four billion that he offered for Twitter and its value now, which stands at $28 billion. <coughs> Excuse me. Musk faces a $1 billion break free for walking away from the deal, but with Twitter's chairman planning extensive legal action, Galloway says the fee was now moot. He owes shareholders $17 billion here. And the stock profitability is going to crater at Twitter. This guy could be looking at $20 billion judgment, Galloway says. Okay. With that background. You know, you know Adam Curry uh, often said that uh, Elon's job was to kill Twitter. And this might actually do it. But uh, no, I mean. Well, the, um, the, the best thing about Twitter is not being on it. In, in a statement filed to the Security and Change Commission and the SEC uh, by Musk's attorneys, it says that Mr. Musk is terminating the merger agreement, alleging that Twitter is in material breach of multiple provisions of that agreement. Uh, this is why due false diligence and misleading representation upon which Mr. Musk, Mr. Musk relied when entering into the merger agreement. That was one of the things in his uh, due diligence documents. Mm -hmm. We must have accurate numbers on certain items. If they don't do that, then they are absolutely in material breach of that contract. And if you've never been in mergers and acquisitions or murders and accusations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Uh, due diligence is key. You have to. Absolutely. And you have to meet those metrics. Buyer beware. You have to meet those yes. metrics. Trust but verify. Yes. You have to meet those metrics for the deal to go through mm -hmm. or the deal is closed. See, the thing is, Twitter could have come out and told the truth mm -hmm. if, they, uh, if they even know. That's the thing. I don't think they know. Yeah. You know, they could have told the truth and said 40% of our users are bots. Right. And Elon Musk could have done nothing about that. But Twitter tried to make some shit up. And now. You mean there are lies on Twitter? No, no. Well, no, not not as far as tweets. No, <laughs> no. If you tweet it out, it's got to be the truth. This podcast is bathed in sarcasm. <laughs> it's got to be true, man. I saw it on the Internet. 
the interwebs, it's got to be true. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, uh, I got you befuddled. <laughs> you did. You did. Oh, um, so Twitter, they explained how they got to its 5% number, saying only 5% of its users were bots. It came up, came from multiple human reviews of thousands of accounts that are sampled. Uh -huh. sampled at random and consistently over time. So what they did was they looked at, you know, out of their millions and millions and millions of accounts, I think the last I heard was about right around 500 million accounts. Right. They took a few thousand and poked through them and figured out that 5% of those few thousand were bots. Therefore, 5% of Twitter is bots. So it was a qualitative assessment, not a quantitative assessment. It was a bullshit bogus assessment, period. So qualitative. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a best guess. Yeah, qualitative <laughs> with no quality. Um, that's And that comes from the CEO, Parag Agrawal. Easy for you to say. Yeah, whatever. Um, it's not Jack Dorsey. Uh, Jack Dorsey, I think, would have actually done it right jack dorsey i think got ousted from his own company i think so too i think so too he really wanted free speech uh to the extent that he thought allowable anyway but when the woke gang comes up for you you're doomed that's it yep so uh so yeah there's that um, Twitter says that uh, they're not, again, they must be part of the Biden administration because they did nothing wrong. Uh, 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 so it looks like this um, deal is. But uh, Agrawal, the CEO at Twitter, also sent out. Um, actually, it was the Twitter he general counsel. He, yeah, he <laughs> sent out a memo uh, to all of Twitter saying, hey. Don't uh, don't be posting about uh, Elon the Elon Musk deal. Don't be don't be tweeting on it. Don't be posting on Slack. Don't be nowhere mm -hmm. um, because it's still we don't know yet. It's still up in the air, and we think we're gonna win this. Hmm. Uh, I highly doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it too. Yeah, Elon's a pretty smart guy, and he's got a team of lawyers that are pretty smart lawyers. Well, better than being smart. He's rich. <laughs> yes. And he can hire. You know, I would bet he would pay the $17 billion to lawyers that would get him out of it. Just to prove a point. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, that's all I got on that. All right. Well, that's all I got, period. That's I'm done. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, I am Scott at techtools.net. That's Scott at T-E-K-T-O-O-L-Z.net. That's where you can get a hold of me there. And I am Dean at techtools.net, T-E-K-T-O-O-L-Z.net. Or you can go to our website, techtools.net, and uh, find out uh, how to become a producer. Help us, you know, come up with stuff with the show that you would like to hear. Send in a donation. This does not, uh, this is not paid for by any sponsors we are on the value for value system. If you find any value in what we do, put a dollar number on it and send it to us. And we will be happy to read a note if you send it with it. Um, or you can remain anonymous either way. But uh, yeah, we could definitely use the help. Thanks, guys. And Dean, in closing, stay free. <laughs> 
stay safe until the apocalypse, Scott.